My name is Nikki Wiggins, and I serve as the Minister of Youth, Families, and Community Engagement here at Christ City um, in Washington, D.C. I play tennis. I love selfies. You're going to see two um, in my sermon. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm originally from Alabama. I moved to D.C. 10 years ago, um, and I moved here as a nanny. I thought I would be a nanny for the rest of my life. But that all changed after I accepted an invitation from a little girl. But I'll get into that later. <laughs> Being from a family full of pastors and musicians and serving in past churches and youth ministry, um, I thought that was enough for me. However, God was prepping me for something bigger than I can imagine for my life. Like I said, I serve as the uh, minister of youth, families, and community engagement. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Melissa. I mean, sorry, not Melissa. Marissa Stubbs for my... Uh, job title we talked through that thing and worked it out and then I've just you know it happened <laughs> so thank you um, I've been on staff here for about eight years I've gotten to see children and adults grow I've gotten to see families grow which is super awesome um, I've had the, on the honor of finding some amazing um, people of faith in my community um, so yeah y'all ready ready all right I'm a little nervous but that'll leave in a second because I'm going to bring out some hot fire. Mm. The Lord has been speaking. Mm -hmm. So my title in the very beginning was Kid City Director. However, a few, a few years ago, I knew God was calling me to do more. One day, I was dropping off a child at Minor Elementary. Shout out to Minor. Minor! Um, and there were two women asking if I was interested in being part of a program called Kindred. Now, I told them I wasn't a minor parent. And they were like, it's fine. You serve with the minor church. <laughs> if you don't know, um, people at the school that don't know the name of our church call it the minor church, which is fine too. Um, Kindred's mission is to support parents, staff, and school-based educational system leaders and partnering to co-design equitable anti-racial schools that advance collective well-being. Whew, that's a lot, right? <laughs> My first year in the program, I was only a participant. I got to sit in um, a space with, um, that was very black and white, um, and that's like the makeup of minor elementary. Um, my second year, I was able to co-facilitate and train with an amazing woman of color. My third year, I dove in deep and I decided to become a facilitator um, with minor and hold these really hard conversations. Um, and now I serve on many different teams at, my, at minor. I'm on the PTO, I um, serve on the LSAT, and I am the community representative. Oh, also on the, the equity team. Um, I'm grateful to Minor uh, for allowing me to lean completely in um, and for these experiences that have helped me connect to the community part of my job title. So y'all, this, me being here was a complete set up. When asked about preaching on Kid City slash Teen City Sunday, I did not want to preach. However, I could not bring myself to say no. I was like, God, all right, I'm going to have to do it. Like, I just don't want to right now. So my coworkers all got together and was like, oh, no, this is going to be good. Even Carolyn Fung, when I was eating dinner at her house, I tried to give her all these reasons of why I shouldn't do this. And she was like, no, I think you should still, you know, like, Nikki, I think you have something to say. I'm like, oh, 
fine. <laughs> but I continuously thought, you know, just because I don't want to do something doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. Sometimes we have to do things when we're afraid. And so this is what it is. I also want to add that um, this is not my first time preaching. This is my first time directing a message to the adults. Um, this message is also for, for children, but I preach to your children <laughs> and pastor them right. weekly and daily. A lot of times youth leaders hold more than uh, lead pastors at a church. And we know our gifts are to be minimized due to who we walk with and who we pastor. Amen. Amen. Ray Nelson, who has been sharing the gospel to underserved children for decades, um, continues to fight for our children and their families. Ray Nelson and his volunteers have been serving many underprivileged communities and continue to be a light in very, very dark spaces. I've had the privilege of serving alongside Ray, um, I think for three or four years, and he led a ministry called The Porch. Through the leadership of Ray, we've seen teens come to Jesus, go to college, and become leaders in their own communities. That is amazing. So shout out to you, Ray. Today is the last day of our Church Now, Church Next series where we've been asking the question, where do you see the spirit at work now? And where might the spirit be inviting us in the future? As I've been praying and listening and thinking and writing, my answer, that, my answer to that um, question, my contribution to this series, my challenge to us as a church is this. The spirit is at work in, in you, me, all of us. All the time. Let me tell you what I mean. Ephesians 5 reads, I'm going to skip around in the, the verses, in the chapter a little bit. So, um, Therefore, be imitators, imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to, offering to God. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Testing what is pleasing to the Lord, don't participate in the fruitfulest works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful to mention what is done by them in secret. Everything exposed by light is made visible. For what makes everything visible is light. Therefore it is said, get up, sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. As Christians, we are called to be a light in these dark spaces. Our job, <laughs> y'all, this is going to be a hard word. Our job is to care for the rich and the poor, the privileged and the unprivileged. Mm. Care for the two groups will look a little different, but we're going to learn a little bit today. <laughs> to care for the underprivileged is to offer resources, make rooms at tables where the privileged sit, sit and speak on things that they know nothing about. And to share the good news of Jesus. A lot of pastors focus on caring for the underprivileged because caring for the privileged can cause Painful effects like money. They will pull their money if you try to call them out. Caring for the privilege is having hard, continuous conversations about the privilege they have and how it's literally causing 
harm to a community that struggles. Caring for the privileged is calling them out on things not of God and sharing the good news of Jesus as well. Sometimes being a disruptor is care. I'll say that again. Sometimes being a disruptor is care. If you call yourself a Christian, when you committed your life to Christ, you decided to strive to be more like Jesus daily. I will be the first to admit that sometimes I don't try as hard. <laughs> it could be hard some days. However, I do like the story in Matthew 21 where Jesus had to go into the temple and flip over the table. Jesus had to cleanse the temple so that people could be healed. Jesus called them out and said, you are making it a den of thieves. The care is shown in the moment from Jesus where both, he both cared for the privileged and the unprivileged. Jesus had to disrupt the tax collectors in the temple. They were going down a dangerous path. And even in their sin, God shielded them from possible things to come. Even in our bad decisions, God is there guiding us. Mm. Correction is a form of care. And as Christians, we are called to this kind of care too. All right, so I'm going to tell you a little story. In college, I took a swimming class as an elective. A lot of you know I will go to the pool, I will go to the beach, but there is one thing I will not do unless the children kind of, you know, ask me to do it. Put my head underwater. Y'all, my instructor told me, if you don't put your head underwater, you will not pass. And I told her, look, I am willing to come to class every day. I am willing to be on time and I will be the official pool counter. She said, fine. So one day I was doing my daily count and noticed someone was missing. I looked around from the shallow end and noticed a classmate underwater. I told the instructor, I don't think he's okay. She responded with, he's fine. But me testing as an eight on the Enneagram, I was like, you need to get him. Like you need to pull him up from this water. He has been down there too long and he is not in the count from the count I did two minutes ago. She jumped in and pulled him out. And when she pulled him out, he was having a seizure. One classmate looked at me and asked, why didn't you help him? I said, I did. He was drowning and I was not equipped to save his life. I can't swim. Had I jumped in and tried to save him, we probably would have both drowned. In that moment, I literally began to advocate for somebody's life. God uses us in certain situations. Some are used to plant the seed, some are used to water the seed, and some get to watch the seed grow. Me using my voice on the inside of me, I'm sorry, me using my voice to advocate for a person literally drowning was God using the gifts inside of me. Some may think anybody could have done that, but it wasn't just anybody. It was me. The role I played in this situation was very significant. I didn't realize that me advocating for someone literally drowning would end with me being an advocate for underprivileged and marginalized groups today. Think about the people drowning around you, both privileged and not. What gifts are you using to help them? Your gifts matter, and you should learn to walk in them. Use your gifts to do good and not evil. 
Use your gifts to shine the light you agreed to carry when you chose Jesus. If you are a writer, what should you do? Write. If you are a teacher, teach. If you are a leader, lead. If you are a musician, play and play unto the Lord. Whatever you do, do it well. And do it with the spirit of excellence, not with the attitude of just getting things done. Amen. And let me also say, side note, that excellence is not perfection. Speaking of getting things done, earlier I spoke with a little girl extending an invitation to me. Um, Jerry, can you play? So the picture, this is Annalise. Uh, and a few years ago, I was Annalise's nanny. And at three years old, she invited me to come to her mommy and daddy's small group. As cute as that little face is, I told her no. <laughs> she asked again. I told her no. She kept asking. And finally, I gave in. I showed up to small, small group. Now, let's back up a second. Annalise's parents helped pastor this church. And neither of them extended the invitation to me. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I guess Lisa and Watson thought, well, her, her invitation was good enough. I went to the small group, <laughs> right? Out of the mouths of babes. I went to the small group and I met two women <laughs> who I did not like. Okay. <laughs> now I am an aunt to one's children. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm throwing a baby shower for the, the other's first baby. Annalise was used by God to help me get to my calling serving with Kid City and Teen City. These children have tested me. They have prayed over me. They have corrected me when I failed them. And they have loved me unconditionally. I have learned to stop shutting down what they are bringing to the table. I have literally learned to allow them to use the gifts that God is stirring up in them. We get to be co-laborers in the gospel together. That is amazing to me. Children want to know Jesus, but adults want to learn about Jesus. Let that sink in. Children want to know Jesus, and adults want to know about Jesus. They want to know, who is this person we are talking about? Can we meet him? Can we call him? And I'm like, yeah, it, it'll look a little different, but that's okay. Ask your children about Jesus and listen to them. They will have you sitting with your mouth open, seeing God from their perspective, just in full shock of how they see Jesus. Learn to see, the, to see God and the gifts God's given you. Annalise has an amazing call on her life. This girl will, street, will speak truth to power. In a second, she will challenge you and make you think about why you aren't doing something that you, want, that you don't want to do. Annalise, along with many other children in my youth ministry, have so many gifts to offer. We have to make room for them. Um, there's a scripture in Deuteronomy that talks about making room and creating space. I'll just go ahead and read it for you. Deuteronomy 10, 17 says, The Lord your God is God of all gods and Lord of all lords. He is the great God who is strong and wonderful. He does not take sides and he will not be talked into doing evil. He helps orphans and widows and he loves foreigners and gives them food and clothes. 
you must also love foreigners because you were foreigners in Egypt. Acts 17, 28, um, 27, 28 reads, God did this so they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and we move and we have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So this has been a very long week for our staff. Um, on, Friday, last, on Friday, August 20th, a member of Christ City reached out for a friend asking for transportation help with a refugee family flying into a local airport. Now, Fridays are normally our off days, but we felt a strong need to put the ask out. I was in North Carolina with, Era, with Elder Sarah Bell. Watson and Lisa were in Florida. Drea and Justin were here, um, and Justin was not back from paternity leave yet. However, we decided together to put the call out and ask people in our church community to help, and the response was overwhelming, but in a good way. My phone and my email blew up. <laughs> When people wanted to help, they were letting me know that, hey, I don't know what's going on, but we are praying. So thank you. We knew the family was going to a particular part of Virginia, and I texted <laughs> the entire Northern Virginia small group. Um, I said, hey, can you guys just be on standby to, I don't know what the family will need. I don't know where we're walking into, but like, can you just be on standby? They mobilized quick. They had warm food and groceries at the Airbnb before the family got there. Um, one of the women in the uh, family that uh, was resettled here uh, was pregnant. She had a baby. Um, we had a doctor go over um, the next morning. And, like, she didn't know what she was walking into. So she just went. I was like, look, I'm praying for you. Um, she was like, I'm praying. And she went. <sighs> Then we found out that their Airbnb stay was coming to an end and they didn't have anything else lined up for them. Our staff met on the following Sunday. With prayer and in agreement, we decided that we would intervene and help with housing and groceries. Soon after, someone reached out to let us know that they had a vacant house and had been praying that it could go to a refugee family. He said, well, there is one thing. The house is not furnished. We were like, whatever. With this community, we were not worried at all about getting this house furnished. Christ City staff and a couple of elders were up late planning and organizing this move. And with the help of so many people, we got it done. I took a step back and realized this was an answer to prayer. People ran errands. They picked up car seats. They sent money. They... <laughs> Drove an overfilled <laughs> pickup truck from northwest to southeast D.C. while praying in tongues that nothing would fall off. <laughs> they scrubbed refrigerators. They vacuumed. They swiffered. They washed dishes. They put beds together with zip ties. Um, they used, people used their off days to come. People wiped window sills, made beds, picked up donations, cut the grass, hosted a family for hours, and they were an introvert. <laughs> You called someone when you don't like to talk on the phone. You prefer to text. You brought friends to help. You greeted a refugee family and had the opportunity to see your children welcome a refugee family into their home. You went on grocery runs. 
I literally got to see the work of our community serving God together together as a body operating in the gifts God has given you individually and as a community. This is God's work and this is our work. Amen. So we ask again, where's the spirit at work in us, in you? And it's at work all of the time. The spirit is literally inviting us to use our gifts for the kingdom of God. So what are your gifts? Step one, you need to realize that you have gifts. You have abilities, you have talents, you have a personality. And all of that can be used for the good of others and the work of God's kingdom. What are your gifts? And what are you using, for, what are you using them for right now? Because we need your gifts, your gifts to help us, our community, and our church. The Spirit is inviting us to work as one and serve together with caring for both privileged and underprivileged people. Your gifts are for, for more than yourself. We heard about this in our last series in Galatians. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use your freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want and destroy that freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another and love. That's how freedom grows. Don't stunt yourself or other people because you, you are not walking in freedom. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That is an act of true freedom. So how are you offering your gifts, your personality, your talents, your resources, your time, your education, education, your perseverance to help others? How are you serving others? I know last year was really hard. And it was, it's been important for all of us to figure out how to make it through. How to survive. How to draw some healthy boundaries where necessary. But Watson was saying a few weeks ago, we have all experienced atrophy. That's when the muscles weaken. We need to retune into our senses today. God has made us to be interdependent. We are at our best when we are interdependent. We are living out our identity as children of God. We are living out our identity as children of God when together we love and serve each other. I want that to sink in because that just got me a little bit. (laughs) Finally, the spirit is inviting us to listen to children. Like I said, I get a front row seat. I get to see God in the lives of our children and our teens. And not just because I get to teach them about Jesus. They're constantly teaching me about Jesus. I have so many stories So many deep insights, so many convicting one-liners from these young people that are often overlooked, (laughs) often not really seen. (laughs) But if Jesus said, let the little children come to me and the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, then maybe we should listen. So what are the ways you are making space and finding places to listen to children? Maybe it's just Kids City Sundays like today. But maybe it's volunteering for Kids City Sunday, or for Kids City and Teen City. This is not just a plug for help. This is an invitation to, to participate in discipleship, 
of the next generation, just as you two probably benefited from the investment of someone older. And it is an invitation to participate in being discipled by them. Amen. So where is the spirit moving? Where is the spirit inviting us to? As we have been in this series, Church Now, Church Next, we have heard from a variety of voices, both local and global, about generous justice and the perseverance of the spirit and through impoverished communities all around the world, about, calling, about the calling of God to a joy that is not just happiness based on our circumstances. What I have been reminded of these past few weeks is the truth that the Holy Spirit is at work in us all the time. Sometimes we need a reminder. Um, Dre, can you put out the, the picture up? <laughs> I know this may look funny. <laughs> this is me in, literally in a freak out moment. I went to a doctor's appointment with um, the pregnant mom um, of the refugee family, and it was very overwhelming. She had a panic attack. I was panicking on the inside, and I, they, she left for a minute, and I was in a room by myself, and I FaceTimed Andrea, and I was like, <gasps> I don't know what to do, you know, like, I'm not calling, I shouldn't be here. And this is Andrea, literally, <laughs> reminding me of the gifts that God gave me when I needed to be reminded of that. Get people on your team to do this that can literally speak to you in a hospital room, that can speak to you from their car <laughs> with their children in the background saying, hey, like you are, this is for you. This is the gifts that God has given you. Like use them. Don't be afraid. God put you in this position. When we are looking and we can't see it, our gifts are being used. We have to open our eyes and not be blinded by, by, our, by what we feel is not enough. Guys, the gifts that God has given you is enough. Pay attention to the ways that God is using you. Look. This is a word of hope and empowerment, a word of encouragement, a word to get us up every morning with the breath of God in our lungs and an anticipation for what good may come and how we might be a part of it. Pray with me. God, I thank you for, uh, I thank you for our spiritual gifts, God, that we lean into those, that you make it very clear what our gifts are to us and make it very clear on how we use those gifts, whether it's serving at church or serving in our communities. God, make it clear to us. God, I thank you that um, this word was for a lot of different people. I thank you that um, people will lean in to um, seeing how you see them. Amen.